Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but sweat happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox fabric sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, Stitcher, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here with our Eagles insider, Sports Illustrated Eagles writer, Ed Cross. Ed, you were at the game. They beat the Giants 22-21. Arsenal Mines, you wrote a phenomenal piece. I highly recommend everybody. I'm going to put this article into the description because it's that good you guys need to check this out Carson Wentz your question was can Carson to prove his doubters wrong and I know everybody's looking at this team they're like they 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 won by one point 22-21 against the lowly New York Giants the first year head coach Joe Judge who looks like a disaster looks like they missed out on a good head coach and Eric Miami for a guy like Joe Judge and then Daniel Jones, who you would hope takes a huge leap forward in his sophomore year, uh, not at all happening. He's completely looking like he has a replaceable quarterback. Has the Giants if they have a franchise quarterback or not? And the Eagles play down to their competition, and everybody goes out there and says it's a divisional game, divisional game. It's the first time a Pearson faced off against a Joe Judge coached team. It's the first time the Philadelphia Eagles face off against a New York Giants coached Joe Judge team. Yes, it was a divisional game, but it wasn't like these guys had that much knowledge of this team. It was, it was still first first time for everyone. Uh, Carson Wentz will praise him to the end of the time. Great outing, though. Right? He did everything he could for that team to win. In backup offensive lineman that had no... That really, honestly, no point of being on a football field. Suopat is not a uh, a starting caliber offensive guard. He showed that last night. Matt Pryor is not a starting caliber offensive lineman. He showed that last night. Uh, Jordan Mulata had some good and some bad. Still, we're still trying to figure out what he is with him. I think they they do have something in him, but the offensive line reshuffling. We obviously know Lane Johnson in and out throughout the game. It's it's going to affect your team. It's going to affect your quarterback, and especially with the injuries at wide receiver. No Miles Sanders. Carson Wentz did everything he possibly could with what he was given, which is not that much NFL caliber talent uh, to begin with, to win the game. He put the team on his back to win the game. It, it, the, it's so reminiscent of what he did in North Dakota State with 
the Bison. Uh, none of those players on that team were in it. There was one player on that team that was NFL caliber. It was Joe Hag, and he actually popped out and he's a backup offensive lineman with the Buccaneers right now. That's the only NFL caliber player he on that he had on that North Dakota State team. He looked like he looks like what he's doing right now. He's running the ball like crazy, taking all these hits, which was what I'm going to lead into ask you uh, in a second. But he's doing everything he can to possibly put the Eagles in position to win the game, like he did against Pittsburgh, like he did against Baltimore, and like he did against the Giants. Now, you can get away with that. Carson Wentz by himself can beat the New York Giants. He proved that to you. Uh, Carson Wentz by himself cannot beat teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. They're just two good caliber of teams. And what you and I were talking about off, off air, you can't beat the Seattle Seahawks with Carson Wentz just by himself. You can't beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Carson Wentz just by himself. You can't beat the New Orleans Saints with Carson just by himself. You need a whole team effort. And that, that's just not, they're not getting a whole four quarter effort from this whole entire team that, that falls on coaching. But let's stick to the topic right now, Ed. Let's talk about Carson Wentz. Your article asking, if, can he ever do enough to prove that is wrong? You laid it out perfectly. You said in the article, you don't believe that he's ever going to be a 65 to 70% uh, pa- uh, completion percentage type passer, but he's always going to do what it takes it to keep the Eagles in the game to uh, get in the best position to win. He's proven time and time again why he's the franchise quarterback of this team. What did, what, did, what was your takeaway from Carson Wentz last night? And what do you think about the Eagles quarterback going forward now? Well, I mean, I think, you know, when you look at Carson Wentz, I think he's doing all he can to keep this team's head above water from sinking um, with the hope that at some point you're going to get Dallas Goddard back. You might get Zach Ertz back. You might, you know, Miles Sanders, Isaac Siamalu to help that offensive line, maybe Jason Peters to even help that line. I mean, the hope is that at some point, if he can keep their heads above water, and they can win these games, and I know it might not be exciting, and people might not be, you know, thrilled with a twenty-two, twenty-one win over a Giants team that is now one and six. I mean, I just think that it's a testament to Carson Wentz's will. Um, I think that he's kind of pulling this team along with him, and the players are buying in around him. It's sort of reminiscent to last year uh, when he took the Eagles on a four-game winning streak, all against the NFC East, that led to the division title. And put them in the playoffs. And, you know, we can sit here at the end of October and say, well, they're not going to have a chance if they get in the playoffs against the Buccaneers team that might have to come here or the Saints or the Seahawks, whoever it might be. Um, but listen, I, I would take my chances if Carson Wentz would have stayed healthy in that playoff game last year against the Seahawks. Um, certainly they would have, I think, had a better chance of winning the game. I'm not saying they would have, but I think if Wentz would have been able to avoid that concussion on the hit by Clowney, uh, I would like to have seen how the game turned out with him playing four quarters because, listen, this guy, I think he's gotten better with his toughness. I think he's not worried about getting hurt now and that that narrative that he always gets hurt. Um, and he's getting banged around. I mean, how can you not respect a quarterback that stands in there now? He's, he looks like to me he's getting out of the pocket a little too soon at times. But who can blame him for that? I mean, like you said, their offensive line is in, is in tatters. Um, Lane Johnson shouldn't be playing. Um, but who do you have? I mean, Brett Tove, Matt Pryor. I mean, the options are not good at that spot. So, uh, Wentz has been hit, I think, 26 times now in the last two games, 16 times by the Ravens, 10 more against the Giants. Um, that's kind of scary, but he keeps getting up. He doesn't back down. He, you know, he took off on a 40 yard run against the Ravens despite getting hit as often as he did. Um, made a great uh, throw to John Hightower to set up that first touchdown in the comeback. Um, and, and, you know, of course, when you're getting hit like that, some of your, you know, your mechanics might break down. You know, you might do things that you probably wouldn't be doing because you're kind of rushed to do them because the offensive line uh, isn't on the same page. So, uh, Peter, you, set. you can't get you can't yeah. get into your throws. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, tough. You're, you're snapping the ball and you're throwing it. You can't, there's no footwork involved. There's not stepping into the throw, nothing like that. It's tough. It's really tough. So that's why I think he's doing all he can. And it's like last year in the respect that he didn't have the receivers. You know, a lot of weapons were hurt, of course, but it was the end of the year. This year, he's doing all he can in the middle of the season to keep this team's head above water with the hope that Goddard's going to come back, Jalen Rager's going to come back, Miles Sanders, Isaac Ciamalo, Zach Ertz, you know, some key guys that can help this team win in November, maybe, well, we're almost in November, but 
you know, late November, December, if you get these guys back uh, coming out of the bye, and, and then you hope that he has help. Because you mentioned he can beat the Giants by himself, which he did pretty much. I mean, he had, you know, Boston Scott made a great catch and Hightower, but uh, it's tough to beat the better teams. And they're going to play some pretty good teams in the second half of the schedule with the Packers and the Seahawks and the Cardinals. I mean, it's a tough schedule. Uh, and he's going to need some of these players to come back to help him. But to sit here and say, well, I'm not excited about the win, I think it was a great win. I really do. I, you know, look, I know the Giants stink. They're still figuring things out with Joe Judge in his first year there, first year head coach. But um, you just got to win games, man, and hope that you get your reinforcements back. You lose that game, and you're then you're even in more trouble. So Wentz is really doing everything he possibly can uh, to keep this team sort of in position to when they get these players back. Maybe they can make a little bit of a run. Who knows? I mean, it's easy to sit here in October and say, oh, they're, they're not going to do anything. But uh, let's wait and see. Let's wait another month. Let's wait till after Thanksgiving. Uh, and as we head towards Christmas, see what things look like then. My worry is, can Carson Wentz withstand the beating he's taken? Because he, take away the injury history aside, no quarterback is really built to withstand that type of beating. I mean, we even saw Andrew Luck get completely destroyed taking these type of beatings. Uh, clearly, the Eagles aren't concerned about that. They're not concerned about Wentz's injury history. They're not concerned with what fans think of they're not concerned about the, what the narratives are about his injury history because if they were, things would be a little bit different uh, how they were playing so far. What do you think? Do you, th- is, do you think the Eagles going to do something to protect Carson once better? Because all these hits he's taken, I mean, it's going to take its toll eventually, I, you would think. Well, Carson could help himself by getting rid of the ball a little quicker. You're not wrong. Um, you know, he could he could do that, but he just doesn't – he's not wired that way. I mean, even that play he threw – you know, that interception he threw in the end zone, maybe he was trying to throw it away there. I don't know, but uh, he held – Even ball. John Hightower, it's not there yet. It, when it's yeah. there, when it's when it's slightly there, it's beautiful. You saw that huge uh, 40-something yard pass to John Hightower. That was a, a beauty. 59 yards. 59 yards. 59 yards. 59 yards. Excuse me. Yeah. That was a beauty thing of beauty, but – they're not all the way there yet. And you look at – because as soon as Carson threw that interception, he looks – he's staring right at John. He's looking right at the Hightower's way like, what were you doing? They look like they weren't on the same page on that throw. So uh, – and that's – the funny thing is after that interception happened, the whole entire uh, Eagles nation was like, all bad things happen when you target Hightower. I I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. They have a player, John Hightower. I'm not saying he's a starter. I'm not saying he's going to come in here and be the, the – change the landscape of wide receiver. Uh, not going to be the next to Sean Jackson. I definitely don't believe that. But if you can give a spark off the bench, a vertical spark off the bench, you have a spot in this Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver room. I'll tell you that right now. And John Hightower can do that. I think it's just the rookie jitter still. I think the game has to slow down for him a little bit. And that big 59-yard catch, catching that ball instead of dropping it, does a lot for your confidence, I'll tell you right now. And he beat Ryan Lewis convincingly on that route. Uh, I, I just want to throw that in there. I, I think John Hightower, they have a player in him. Not saying he's a starter, but a wide receiver four with a vertical element to add to the game at any point at time. That's a very needed thing in this NFL. You can never have enough wide receivers, especially yeah. Philadelphia. I'll tell you that right now. He had he had a fifty yard catch last week against the Bravens. I mean, you know, that's two straight games. He's a, deep threat. He's a legit deep threat. It's just yeah, and the then you there. Rager, when Rager comes back, I mean, he he's the guy that you want to be the deep threat too. Um, I, I'm excited for when Rager comes back. And Let's segue into that because it sounds like he's ahead of. The curve on yeah. his thumb injury. Well, I think he'll. I think he'll probably probably be back after the bye. I, I'd be really surprised if he played against the Cowboys next week. But uh, I could see him coming back November fifteenth for the rematch. I'm, game. Not, I'm not playing him against Dallas. That secondary is so bad. You can win with the, the receivers you got right now. Let, keep riding the Fulgham train. The high tire war do their thing. Uh, Dallas's secondary is awful. I'm not rushing Rager back. I'm not even rushing. I mean, I don't. I'm at the point where. I love this Sean Jackson. What he's done for the Philadelphia Eagles will never be forgotten. He's a star in this town forever. It's time to put that dream to bed, though. It's it's done. The reunion sh- they showed you last night. Uh, don't understand why you put him in the middle of the game at the end of the game to be the punt returner after you're already putting him on a pitch count. He's back from injury. Not sure what the decision making was in with that. I know Greg Ward's not the best punt returner. They wanted to spark there, I guess, a little bit. But yeah, Deshaun uh, at this point, but coming off that hamstring injury. Not the guy that I would put back there. And then he gets hurt. It's, yeah. The guy was dirty. Dupree was dirty with this stuff. But uh, I just think you need to put it to bed. I think you need to just 
this is the old yeller moment. You love him to death. He was a great dog. He fought hard for your team. Very loyal till the end. But it's time to take him out back because it's over, buddy. We need to see what Rager and Hightower and Quez Watkins can do from the vertical side going forward. And Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, you, you would think a guy that uh, – I don't know what it is at this point. I know you're right. The medical staff has to clear you and that, all that obstacles. But you would think a guy that has to play for his next team has to show something on these next couple games for a team to give him a chance next year because it's not going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Would want to rush to get out there. Uh, and I, I think the way that Doug Peterson approaches veterans wide receivers, the way he approached Deshaun Jackson last night, gives me every indication. And once Alshon says he's ready to go, they're going to trot him out there and let him go right. so that's what it looks like to me uh with the way they treat Deshaun I'm just basing it off of that yeah this wide receiver I mean it's going to be boosted with with the uh, bodies at least but uh if anything compliments what Jalen Rager can show you and I mean again you have to get this guy inserted and get something going with Carson Wentz some kind of rhythm with Wentz to build upon going into next year and to keep the Travis Fulgham hype going keep the keep the connection he has going with Carson Wentz Anything that hinders that is a crime against humanity. Yeah, but at the same time, they want to get their money's worth out of Jeffrey. I mean, they're paying him a ton of money. Um, you know, why not run uh-huh. him out there and see what he has left? I mean, he's good at running quick slants. Right. He's a good red zone weapon, you know, and we saw the Eagles really struggle in the red zone against the Giants. I mean, you know, it was embarrassing. that They get in there four times. Jason Kelsey the saved half. the game. Jason Kelsey saved the game. That, I, that penalty would he – Rips off Dalvin Tomlinson's face mask, saved the game, man. They were once they backed him up. I knew it too. I was like, wow, that's actually a good amount of space for them to actually score. Bomb right to Boston Scott. They needed yeah. that space. Jason, I, I didn't have that confidence. I, I thought it was over, man, because I'd take my chances more often than not at the three. I know they struggled. Not with this team, not with that O line, not with the running backs they have. No, nope. yeah, they threw a touchdown to Ward from three yards out. You know the previous drive. I mean, yeah, but know. I that Doug Peterson's uh, play calling at that hash mark. Oh, it's getting rough. Yeah, yeah. Every so I mean, often you get so you get some good things, but you get mostly bad lately. I mean. Uh, not to keep segueing into different topics, but uh, I was going to ask you, you're the one who sold me on this, and I was always against this theory. I thought it was way overblown, but you sold me on this with the perspective that you gave you that uh, Frank Reich was always with Doug Peterson the night before the game, breaking down the game plan, breaking down the script. He hasn't had that since Frank Reich left. Hakeem Butler, fresh off the fresh off of the Carolina Panthers practice squad, Hasn't played for much for you at all. I don't think he's played anything besides special teams. Crucial fourth down. You put the read to him. That's yeah. you go. I'd rather they go on to Jason Kroom. At least he showed you that he's 100% when you go to him. Uh, he. I don't understand. What- well, maybe that was he was trying to give him his Jason Kroom moment. I mean, you know, maybe he would have hoped. Right, that- and that's what I think the argument would be for people. But I'm at the point where I get it. You, it. You probably want Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard there, obviously. So I'm not mad at the play call per se. I'm mad at you're not. Doug Peterson's a player's coach, and he shows how much he is a player's coach because he trusts his next man up mentality. But some of these guys, I mean, he keep Butler. He's making he's making an in season transition at tight end, and you trust him there in a crucial fourth down. Well, especially on what looked like a fade pattern. I mean, and Logan Ryan, fade- yes, keep Butler didn't even try for that. That was a cuttable offense, to be honest with you. There was no effort at all. I mean, he's a big guy. He's a you know six five guy. But Laurel Green Beckham patterns, has shown better effort than that. Yeah, the, I mean, but fade patterns and when back in 2017 when they got Jeffrey, that was the big talk: is how long does it take to develop this fade pattern, throw into a big target, and it takes time. I mean, and Butler's only been here a couple weeks, and you know how many reps are they getting at practice working on a fade pattern to Hakeem Butler? I mean, that was a play that was completely out of the blue. Um, and you think, okay, well, it was a good call to go for it on fourth down. I mean, yeah, you could kick yeah. the field goal and pull within three. But I thought, you know what? Then the Giants get the ball at the three. They're not going to drive. I mean, this is a Giants team that had six touchdowns all season. They had two on you already. They're not going 97 yards. But what did they do? They went 97 yards against Schwartz's defense. Um, and it looked like the game was over. Uh, and that play to Butler would have been a big point after the game, much bigger than it is right now because they won. Um, but had the Eagles not come back, that play was, you know, huge. Why? 
It, Peterson really was never asked much about it on Monday uh, or today on Friday. Um, so it's kind of water under the bridge at this point. You hope that you don't see it again against the Cowboys, or if you do, that him and Wentz are repping that thing over and over and over during practice, and it's a little bit more successful. But um, I'm not going to go there with you as far as that Kelsey penalty goes on that 15-yard back him up to the 18. Um, but what it does show is if you're nervous about not scoring from the three, you need a running back that can, you know, go between the tackles. Boston Scott's I'm not that nice to you, but I, I, I hate to bother you at the game. But the, that notification came out right during uh, the pregame warm-ups that the Dolphins are shopping Jordan Howard. And I was like, oh, this is big for Ed's brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see if, uh, the, you know, if Howie makes the call. I, I don't doubt know. it. I don't think they're going to make a move for a running back. I mean, I, I would hope they do because I – like we said last episode, I, that's the element they need. If they're yeah. going to add something, because I'm even at the point where I'm like, just let the linebackers play. I don't even know if you bring in a linebacker. And asking a line, I think asking a linebacker to come to the, this system, this Jim Schwartz system, this team at this point in the season to learn that system on the fly, I don't think it's going to be pretty. So I, yeah. I just rock with you what you have. Alex Singleton has shown me a lot. Uh, Sean Bradley well, looks good. We'll see, and you know you bring up Singleton and the. How much? I mean, T.J. Edwards is probably going to play against Dallas. Is are they going to all of a right. sudden park Hamilton on the bench? I mean, he made nine tackles against the Ravens. He made five last night. He had two quarterback hits. Um, but I would hope Singleton showed you enough to put Riley back in special teams. Is what I would hope. Well, well look what happened when they brought Riley back. Suddenly, Sean Bradley's down to one snap. Davion Taylor right. that can get on the field on defense. I mean. Last week should have been viewed as a stepping stone for these guys. We and knew that was going to happen. We knew it. We knew it. Yeah, but so now what's going to happen with Edwards? Is Singleton going to go back to his, you know, 19 special team snaps and maybe, you know, five defensive snaps? I hope not because I think he has shown. Um, has he been perfect? No, but he's probably the best linebacker they have uh, at this point. I mean, Nate, Nate Jerry played okay yesterday. Um but it's the Giants, and, you know, there were some plays they made because the linebackers weren't in position. But um, it's just going to be interesting to see how they how they handle the return of T.J. Edwards. And then as far as a running back, I would go out and get Howard. I mean, I would go out and get a running back. I mean, if you're going to make a move, I saw on uh, – I read an article, I guess, the Eagles, someone proposed a trade going after the Cleveland Browns tight end, uh, Najoku. Oh. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you do that. I mean, uh, I, I think um. you need a really think you need a running back, somebody that you can count on. When you're at the three-yard line, you just give it to him and have him just churn his legs and get up the middle as much room as he can get into the end zone. I mean, to me, it's that's a big flaw on this team is not having that type of running back. Somebody really suggested trade for that tight end. Oh, man, no. Yeah. You've, you, I remember you've talked about it multiple times. They're obviously going to commit to 11 personnel. That's what the next – Season's looking like they're going to start that shift to 11 personnel. It's going to be Dallas Goddard's team. Ertz is gone after the season. Uh, him being on IR right now hinders what you can obviously trade him, but you can't at this point since you IR'd him. And Albert Breer said that's on Ertz, but, I mean, why would you add another 10 end of this mix? That doesn't make sense to me at all. Richard Rodgers is playing pretty well, too. Even running by yourself, his resurgence is going on. Uh, yeah. With Goddard coming back, uh, the commitments are shifting to him to be the tight end one. and your hope is to become more eleven personnel. That makes no sense to trade for a tight end. I would that I that's a horrible scenario. Well, I think we saw the shift last night or you know Thursday night to that eleven personnel. I mean, Sylvester, uh, Jason Croom was only on the field right. for nine snaps. Butler was one snap. Rogers, I think, was like seventy snaps. So plus Croom and Butler really aren't supposed to be on the field though. So I don't know if I can say that's a huge indication, but we know that's the future of this team. Right, and, and they right. won. They won with, you know, right. going a lot of 11 personnel. I mean, that that's what they want to do is they want to go one tight end and Goddard's going to be the guy and they could use a good backup. And right now, Richard Rodgers looks like he would be a good backup, you know, someone mm-hmm. you can bring in or if there's an injury. I don't think you need Najoku. I think, again, running back. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans achieve their home financing goals. Whatever freedom means to you, Freedom Mortgage has custom loan options to meet your needs, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more.
Freedom Mortgage Corporation, MLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333. Licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. I agree with you. If they make a move, it's got to be running back. I don't even make a move at linebacker. I don't make a move anywhere else. Uh, you're going to have so many reinforcements at wide receiver. I see some suggestions for that. No, I'm not doing that. Mm. Uh that's, we brought up Hassan Rank in the offseason. I see people bringing him up now, but Arizona's not going to trade him. They don't even know what to do with Isaiah Simmons right now. And Hassan yeah. Rank's a huge piece of their defense right now. Exactly. Uh, You're the number two ranked defense in the league. So I yeah, mean, why, I, I, yeah. Why would they do that? They don't even need really Ertz to be honest with you. Their their passing offense is working out just fine. It'd be yeah. a great addition, but I don't think they need him to uh, part with their one of their best linebackers right now, especially with Chandler Jones going down. That's doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, I I would just go running back. I, I brought up Todd Gurley, and a lot of people like that. because I think it's because of the name value. They liked it. Uh, but his contract is so affordable. It's a rental contract. You freed up all this money. It, it, it's less than the money that you freed up for Fletcher Cox. So there you go. That's I, Anything to establish a run game to lighten the burden of Carson Wentz is my main goal. Uh, not even linebacker. It's it's whatever lightens the burden of Carson Wentz. But, Ed, yeah. talk, do you think – the Eagles need to sit down with Doug this offseason and say, listen, you need a Frank Wright back. We'll let you even pick the guy. Uh, Jay Gruden was a former head coach in this league. Frank Wright had pedigree to become a head coach in this league, obviously. Uh, it was, he was destined to become a head coach. Jay Gruden knows what it is to be a failed head coach. Uh, Jacksonville's probably going to clean house at the end of the season. He's probably not going to get another head coaching offer. I don't know. I'm trying to spitball here, man. I, yeah. If you tell if you tell this to Doug, obviously we've talked about it before. Doug doesn't want to give up play calling. I'm not asking him to. I don't think you could. I don't even think you have to bring in Jay Gruden and ask him to give a play calling. Because I'm pretty sure Doug Marone still has a vital say over there in Jacksonville. You have to do something, man. You have to bring in somebody else. You have to get. Ever since you've given me that perspective of what him and Frank Wright had, I think he needs that again. I just think he does. Yeah, but it's it's hard to find. I mean, you just can't go out and say, okay, let's find the next Frank Reich, someone that you're going to have that chemistry with, that trust with. I mean, that's something that those two men built up um, uh, before they with, yeah when they were backup quarterbacks. Yeah, backup quarterbacks that bonded them. The 2016 season they were together. He can't, you know, and then 2017. So that was a relationship that grew. Um, and, and it's so you can't just say, well, go out and get John Gruden. He'll be your next Frank Reich. I mean, it, it's it, to me, it's a relationship that was forged through the years with him and, and Reich. And I'm not sure there's anybody out there that Doug has that with or can bring in. I mean, I, I would think it would be somebody, you know, in his same age group like Frank Reich was or, you know, maybe even Caldwell, uh, the former Lions coach. I mean, maybe him. But um, Doug's never going to give up the play calling, so it's going to be hard to find that person that's going to come in and want to give his trust to Doug and, you know, uh, Doug have to earn his trust. So I, I just think it's it's easy to say, yeah, let's go get that guy. But I don't I don't think it's easy to do and execute. It's it's not easy to find that type of coach sitting out there. Um, I so agree we'll with you, but I think they need to do something. Then that they have to try at least because yeah, I, I don't think him and, Scan, uh, you know, uh, Rich Scangarello, I don't. I'm not sure what their relationship is. Maybe he'll be that guy after they spend this year together if he comes back next season. Um, but, you know, Scandrell is up in the booth. My thing is, uh, rewind to when they hired, before they hired Doug Peterson and Frank Reich. Frank Reich was a scapegoat for Mike McCoy, but he was calling plays in San Diego at some points with Philip Rivers. Uh, Reich, that is. And he was a scapegoat for Mike McCoy's failures, and you saw how Mike McCoy panned out. So, obviously, right now he's been the head coach of the Colts. Looks all right. And it was a great offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Doug Peterson, same thing. Worked with Andy Reid, offensive coordinator, called the first half of games. They, I think you need to really look at Doug and tell him you need somebody in here because Scangarello, bad play caller. Marty Mortywig held to Andy Reid's clipboard, never really was a great play caller, horrible head coach. They need to get somebody in there that can also compliment Doug Peterson because I don't think Doug Peterson's play calling last all four quarters lately, at least from what I, from my feel, his situation play, play calling needs help. 
I think that's where Frank Wright came in. He needs that. He needs that type of help. He needs a guy that's a proven good play caller in this league to help him uh, assess that situation, situational play calling. Yeah, and and even with play design, I, I mean, the play design to me is very vanilla, very basic. There's nothing really confusing now. When uh, they had that screen pass to Boston Scott that picked up 13 or 14 yards, what I liked was when they fake pitched it to Jalen Hurts on that play, and two giant defenders went to Hurts, uh, and Scott was standing there all by himself, and Wentz was able to hit him. And, you know, with two defenders out of the picture, Scott was able to pick up some yards before getting tackled. Um, I like that play design. You know, I like using Hurts as kind of a decoy type. And look at their two-point conversions. I mean, you know, Wentz sweeps, you know, they're, they're one yard away after the personal foul penalty on Harper, and they can't they can't yeah. get one yard on a quick. I mean, it's just to me, where, where's Hurts in motion? Where's the fake jet sweeps? Where is a jet sweep? Where, you know, to me, it's just um, th- there's not a lot of the play design that I, I like. Uh, you know, and I thought Scangarello would come in and, and institute some of that stuff. Or you know, Andrew Briner, Marty Morningweg. I mean, they brought guys in, but for some reason, there's no chemistry with these guys. And I don't know if that has to do with the whole virtual. Stuff you know, these guys don't you know they meet face to face very, you know, not very often. They're on laptops, kind of like you know we are with the Zoom, and we do all our interviews on Zoom. That's the way the coaches' meetings are. Is it's hard to build the chemistry with somebody when you're not in the same room and you're not you know you're not cracking jokes or you know doing whatever you do bonding. Um, so I think that's kind of hurt too. Um, but again, it's, it's an excuse. Um, but I, so I think you have to view this season through that kind of prism is how much did this virus impact, uh, the chemistry, the camaraderie, not only with the players, but with the coaches. Oh, those are, those are very fine points. Very, very honest points. It's the truth. It's just an excuse. Like you said, and that's, that doesn't really last well in this city uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles fans. But I was going to ask you for a guy who is clamoring for more Jalen Hurts, and I agreed with you because I think you could do a lot with him and a lot to throw off a defensive coordinator to keep him up at night before the game. Did not like how he was used. Thought lack of usage of him was really detrimental. Now now you have people out there that are questioning even his pack, his play calling, the display designs for him, inserting him into the game. Uh, I, I started seeing on all social media platforms, people compare him to Vic and McNabb and, how it ruins the rhythm of the game, bringing him in. I couldn't disagree more with that. I think it's the way that Doug Peterson used him that made that reflect that way because it was sparingly. The Giants knew it was coming as soon as he's on the field because there was no uh, nothing to throw him off with it. They You saw it was coming. They're going to run with Jalen Hurts or they're going to fake it with Jalen Hurts. Uh, there was no creativity with it at all. They didn't neutralize it that well. I was disappointed in that aspect. I thought that they could have took advantage of it a little bit better. What did you think? Yeah, it- I agree with you for sure. But then again, you have to look at, okay, they had three days really to prepare. And, you know, the thinking with a lot of teams and Doug included is you want to scale back on some of the things you do. You want to go in and simplify things as much as you possibly can. So um, that looks to me like what they did with Jalen is they just went with, you know, whatever was working earlier in the season and they didn't have time to kind of draw anything up intricately or, um, but, but saying that, I don't know why this stuff hadn't been done, you know, in weeks, you know, one through five um, to be ready for a short week like this. Now we have 10 days before the Cowboys come to town. Hopefully Doug and his staff are going to be sitting and, you know, on virtual meetings and talking about plays and play design and how can we get Jalen Hurts more involved? How, what can we do creatively to make him have even more of an impact. I mean, we saw that against the Ravens and then we didn't see it against the Giants. And I, and maybe that was just because of the short week, they simplified things. Um, if they come out and show that same lack of creativity with Jalen Hurts against the Cowboys, then it, then to me it's it's an issue. Um, but I'm, I'll give them a little bit of a pass for what we saw the Hurts package being on, on Thursday night. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Maybe that is why it's a short week. They want to simplify things. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. What did, I mean, Brendan Graham? You can't sing enough of the praises of this guy. Beast. 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 Huge beast. Really, has showed up in every game this season so far. Uh, my thing is this defensive line has Hassan Ridgeway, who was looking great. Now he's out for the season. Uh, 
Javon Hargrave hasn't really hit his complete stride with the team yet. I, I, I see fans are frustrated with that. Butcher Cox is getting treated as he always gets treated throughout the years as the Eagles' biggest threat in the defensive line. Do you think that they did enough against the Giants, though? I mean, the, I thought Derek Barnett came alive against Andrew Thomas. Looks really good against him. Uh, Josh Sweat, I think Josh... I, the thing I hear about Josh Sweat is the reason why they put him on such a uh, a pitch count is because they want to preserve his his career because of the knee injury uh, that mm-hmm. he came out of with Florida State. They want to keep him as fresh as they possibly can, but uh, what do you think about the D-line? Well, I mean, you mentioned Brandon Graham. I mean, he's just, you know, he's six sacks now. He's never had a double-digit sack year. Uh, he's got six. Most he's had, I think, was nine and a half in that Super Bowl season. He had eight and a half last year. So, I mean, he's knocking on the door to double digits. And right now, sitting at six, he should get it. Um, I thought maybe if the Eagles had lost to the, to the Giants, that Brandon Graham might be a candidate to get traded. It would really, uh, you know, throw a, you know, a, a monkey wrench in that locker room, though, because he's such a big part of that locker room. He's got that infectious personality. His teammates love him. Um, so that Man, would have been, that would throw a monkey wrench through my heart. I know. I, you I don't want Brandon Graham. Listen, I mean, you know, he's 32. He's got one year left on his deal. He's playing at a high level. You could probably get something, you know, good from for him in terms of draft picks. Um, but I don't think they're going to trade Graham. I, I really don't. Um, but as far as the D line goes, last night, I mean, I, I thought, you know, they gave up 160 yards rushing. I think it was now 80 of those came on that embarrassing 80 yard run from Daniel Jones. Nobody was even on that side of the field. And Brandon Graham was one of the guys that bit really hard on the fake to the left, to the left of Jones. So um, I, it could play better. They really do need to do a better job of stopping the run. You can't just say, we'll take away those 80 yards that Jones had, and they uh, only gave up 80 yards. I mean, the fact is they gave up 160. So um, I think they can play better against the run. They haven't shown that. Um, how they're going to make up for their loss of Hassan Ridgeway? I mean, it's a 20-25 snap package that you're looking at. You know, you could slide Vinnie Curry uh, inside Vinny Carey's played tackle, Brandon Graham has. You can kind of move those guys in if you want to promote like a Joe Osman from the practice squad to come in and work as an end uh, in some packages. Um, or you have Raekwon, uh, Raekwon Williams, the kid from Michigan State, sitting on your practice squad. Do you promote him? I mean, I know they've had T.Y. McGill up a couple times this year. He probably is the guy that's going to be next in line uh, to take over that spot. But, you know, to me, the D-line has to play better. You need to get Malik Jackson back, okay? He didn't play against the Giants. That was a big loss. I mean, he's had a very good season. Um, you hope that that quad injury that's, that, that you know he has is better by the time they play the Cowboys because they need him. If he doesn't play, then you're down to Cox, Hargrave, T.Y. McGill, uh, and maybe Raekwon Williams, or like I said, maybe you throw Vinny Carey in there on some snaps. Maybe you throw Brandon Graham in there some snaps, and you bring up an end like Osman. Bring Tim Drinigan for a workout and see where he's at. Tim Drinigan revenge tour. Yeah, I saw uh, some. I might have been you tweet that that Drinigan will be here. Well, I don't know what he's got left. Uh, I, mean, I don't think they're going to bring him in. I think uh, Jacksonville, since I live out here, the injury with him, he doesn't look the same as what Jacksonville said when they released him. And then Denver picked him up for their practice squad. They, they just got cut him too. I think the Eagles know more than those teams probably does about Tim Drinigan anyways. I don't know if it's going to be him, but that'd be great. That effort that he gave, it would be amazing to come back. I loved, I was a big fan of Timmy Journey game, but uh, yeah. I think you're right about T.Y. McGill. I think that's going to be the guy that replaces the Sun Ridgeway. Well, that's the first guy up. They've played him a couple times. He had a half mm-hmm. a sack against the Washington in the season opener. Everybody's right. like, T.Y. McGill, you know. But uh, And he played yesterday. I think he played 15 snaps. So, um, you he, know. He be- uh, dipped on Detroit just to sign with Philadelphia. I mean, he wanted to get in the Eagles. Yeah. So it, it could be McGill. It probably will be McGill. Um, just depends. I mean, but the good news is, is they have time to figure it out. You know, it's not like they're playing, you know, until November 1st. I mean, the first day of November. So they, you know, it's funny. I, I put out there today, they played two games in five days and now they have one game in the next 24 days. So they've got time to get healthy. They have time to examine this roster, see what they need. And they have time to, Design some plays, man. Let's get some. Let's get some creativity back in this offense. And Carson uh, Wentz has some time to soak up in that bathtub, man. Right. Jeez, 
Who's taking beatings after beatings after beatings? Do you think that I don't think they trade for an offensive lineman, but I think you might want to. I mean, I think the quote in Spain that everybody talks about, I think that's definitely the move you want to make, but uh, it's not like the Eagles are the only team in the NFL with guard issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, let's get it done. You know, let's come in and, and uh, look, you can tell them, hey, you know, we're, we can win the NFC East. So, you, yeah, I would. You can, work, you, you can work with Jeff Stoutland. He can rejuvenate your career. You can come in here on a one-year deal and rejuvenate your whole entire market. So you go in this offseason, somebody gives you a big deal. Or, hey, you know, Brandon Brooks has been injured a couple of years for us. His contract is cuttable. Maybe you work out a career with us. Come on in. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I agree with you. I, I just don't see them trading any capital for a lineman at this point when they have all their linemen are hurt. You're just going to have to muddle through with what you have. Um and maybe you bring in a free agent. You know, there's a few of them probably out on the street that you could look into. I'd rather go that route than trade for somebody because you know you got to oh, figure yeah. come back next year. Dillard's going to come back. You know, Malad has shown that you know he's somebody that, is, that should be in the future. Jack Driscoll, um, Prince Tega Wanaga, who who we haven't seen. You know, maybe he could factor into the mix sometimes. So they don't really need uh, guys long term. So I wouldn't give up anything short term like they did with Golden Tate two years ago. They gave up. I think it was a third round pick and take yeah, play no. game no. on. So I wouldn't do that. I again, Connor, it comes down to what do they need? My opinion, it's a running back. If I'm gonna well, give I agree up, with you. it's gonna be for a runner. Austin Scott's a giant killer. I think if you add a running back that could rejuvenate this rushing attack to complement Miles Sanders, you can get Boston Scott going a little bit better with that running back being added. Uh Corey Clement still is is not the guy. I I still um, move he, on from that. His pass blocking has just been a tre- disaster. Tre- yeah, you know he whiffed on a uh, you know a block a couple weeks ago yesterday or you know Thursday he he missed you know got his vision right is just awful. Went- I I thank it for the Super Bowl, but his vision is just so bad. Yeah, I, he's just you know I, listen. They, he gave him one great year, but I, I think it's time to move on. You know who I like? I thought Jason Huntley probably warranted some more carries than he got. He only got two against the Giants. I, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. But, again, him and Boston Scott are very similar in skill set. So, um, to me, you need to find the back uh, who can pound between the tackles. Uh, maybe you give LeGarrette Blunt a call and see what he's up to. <laughs> see if yeah, he's got uh, big... Eagles fans will love that. Eagles fans will yeah. love LeGarrette Blunt coming back. But I maybe. agree with you. That's the, that's the position that I go after. I don't yeah. Uh, I don't think they have anything left. But listen, I don't give up anything more than a sixth-round pick. Not at this point with this team. Even the fifth round, you need those picks. You need yeah. these picks right now with this team. If they can win that FC East as is with the with the returning of their players, I think they've shown that. I think the division is gift-wrapped for them with Andy Dalton at quarterback for Dallas. Their biggest competition was the fact that Dallas had a top-ten quarterback as well, and that's not the case anymore. Yeah. So and, that, and you, like, what if Brandon Brooks – like, what if he win the division and you get in the playoffs and you're hosting the Tampa Bay Bucks and Brandon Brooks is ready to go? And and you're at the point where – you're at the point, I don't think anything's going to change where – unless you sign Quentin Spain, where you have to have Brandon Brooks. If he tells you that he's ready and doctors clear him, you have to put him in. You're at right. that point. Yeah. I You know, I mean, I thought it was impossible that he would come back. You know, I remember we've talked about this and you said, well, there, there could be hope because – they didn't really shut him down, you know, on a season-ending IR. And maybe you're right. He might come back in January. It'd be amazing. I mean, there was some uh, video of him tweeted out of him jumping, you know, up on uh, some crates. Uh, I could just say, and it, from I've I've met Brandon Brooks. Is the first day he signed in Philly. I interviewed him. The second right after, known him since 2016. He wants to play. Yeah. He wants to play. He nobody is going to stop him from playing if the doctors clear him. Not Doug Peterson, not Harry Roseman. If the doctors say yes, he's out there. He's going yeah. out there. He wants to play. I know he wants to play. So uh, the only only person that can stop him is medical staff not clearing him. Well, and they, I'm sure they would. I mean, they're clearing Lane Johnson for right, goodness. exactly. So and and honestly, Brandon Brooks is in his uh, in his 30s. His contract is cuttable. I think he knows that the Eagles yeah. are in a horrible cap situation where they're thinking, you know, this is the time where we're going to have to say goodbye to some big faces. He could be a part of that. 
if he can get back out there and prove to them, like, hey, I mean, honestly, he's proving to them right now by not being on the field how valuable he is to this team. Every single game this season, they've shown how much they miss Brandon Brooks out there. I think the running when we when we sit back and we say, what's wrong with the Eagles rushing tag? Why can't they get this rushing tag going? Miles Sanders, they utilized him so much on that right side, the right inside zone, the route, uh, the counter zones on the right side. Lane, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, and Lane Johnson were the most pivotal parts to a successful rushing attack. Not even before, before Miles Sanders. We're talking back for the Super Bowl season when they were third when they were the third in rushing. That right side is incredible when it comes to run blocking. That's what the Eagles are missing the most from the rushing attack this season. They're missing a healthy Lane Johnson, a healthy Brandon Brooks being on that right side. That's what's wrong with the Eagles rushing attack. A hundred percent, man. That's exactly right. The the O line, big part of that. That's why you need a running back that can, you know, hammer into there. And make into it, the yeah, exactly. Make yeah. something out of nothing. Right, exactly. And they don't have that make something out of nothing guy. And it's it, it's painfully evident. So if mm-hmm. you're not going to get your line back, if you're not going to get Brandon Brooks back until possibly the first round of the playoffs, which would be amazing, um, then go out and get a running back that can, can do that. But you're right. Lane, Brandon, and Kelsey were phenomenal on the right side of that line. And um, they do miss that a lot. I mean, Lane hasn't been healthy. Uh, at all this year, and that's him affecting his play for Absolutely. sure. Um, but he's he's given everything he's got, man. You can't – one of the toughest SOBs out there. That guy is tough, 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 and he shouldn't be playing, but he is because the team needs him to play. He's you multiple don't injuries, multiple there. injuries. Yeah, you don't want Toth out there. You don't want Matt Pryor out there. No. Um, so he's given what he can. And the only way I see that they finally agree to give Lane Johnson some rest, and I think it's going to be interesting to see over the next 10 days, is if Jason Peters can play. Because if Jason Peters can play, they'll put Jordan Mulata to right tackle. Absolutely. If they feel the yeah. need that – if they think that giving Lane Johnson, it's time to give Lane Johnson some rest, which I would argue the latest injury makes them finally wake up and think that. Because, uh, again, he's dealing with multiple injuries. It's not just one. It's this, Something's wrong with the shin, now the knee. He ankle. He's had tons of issues. It's not just one, and it's really hard for an offensive lineman to to put all the weight on his leg and do all this. Uh, I think at some point that they're going to finally come to meet, the meet Jesus reality that they have to relent. Uh, Lane Johnson rest, and he has to miss a couple games. It has to happen. And I think yeah. if Jason Peters is healthy now, uh, and he gets shown, you know, because I I think they would put Jason Peters back in and put. Jordan Mulata right tackle. I think that's the backup yep. emergency plan to go. I don't think th- – I said it on the show uh, with you and I when we recorded the Wednesday before the game. I said I think if Lane Johnson leaves the game, they would probably put Matt Pryor at right tackle, and that's what they did. And I knew it was going to be bad, and so did you. And you you hoped I was wrong. That's what they did. I feel like that's what they would they would do uh, going into the game. But now I think if Jason Pierre tells you he's healthy, they would go ahead and put Jason Pierre as the left tackle and put Jordan Mulata right tackle and give Lane some time off. And then you get Isaac Siamalu back and plug him back in at the at the left guard spot, and you put Herbig at right guard, and 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 then I'll I'll ride with that line. Yeah, you but know? Jason Peters is rough, so it's going to be yeah, tough. Though right. he was he was rough to start the season off. I just think the the loyalty to Jason Peters from Jeff Stoutland, Doug Peterson, High Rose, and the Eagles organization, they'll put him out there. Yeah, and and yeah. honestly, yeah. and it's it's the best situation if Lane Johnson can't play. I'm fortunate to say Jason Peters at left tackle, Jordan Law at right tackle is the best situation. Especially with Jack Driscoll injured. Excuse me. Because if Jack Driscoll could play, he should be the right tackle. Well, with Jack and, Driscoll injured. He might be able to. I don't know what his ankle situation's like. I mean, he maybe he comes back for Dallas. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you're right. He's in the mix, too. Um, the point being, it's time to shut Lane Johnson down. I, I think it is. Um, Lane's not going to say, hey, shut me down. I need to get better. No way. He's not going to do that. So you really have to rely on the people around him to say what, you, what you're doing is not good. Right. It's detrimental to the team, detrimental to the long-term health of him because he's a future, he's a core part of this team. Uh, you have to shut him down. You have to shut him down. Him coming in and out of games does not help you at this point. And then being, you're at the bottom of the barrel where we're debating if uh, Brett Toth should be the right tackle or Matt Pryor should be the right tackle. Or Lada should leave playing left tackle the way he is. That's not that's not something we should be debating. Uh, Crazy. Hopefully, that's why that. When you run through those names, it's like, oh, my, I, I can't believe, you know, like what I'm hearing these names. Right. I mean, we're at this point. Incredible. Let's, we got to give it, we got to give, we got to end the show giving a shout out to Jason Kelsey, though. I think Jason Kelsey has been the second, this is going to be a little bold. 
I think Jason Kelsey has been the second most important player to this team so far this season behind Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, Maybe even uh, one. You can argue the the most important player to this team. Every time you talk to Kelsey now, it's almost like you're talking to a coach. You know, he's talking about these young kids and bringing them along. And, you know, I know he's made a lot of money in his career, but I could see him getting into coaching when it's over, uh, coaching offensive lines. I mean, he's just smart. He's done it for a long time, and he's played, I think, 85 straight games, something like that. I mean, he's just been a, a warrior. And where would this team be without him on that line? You'd be with Luke Jariga as your center trying to make calls for guys that, you know, are Nate Herbig and Sua Opeta. I mean, Kelsey for sure uh, is, you know, one of the MVPs along with Statlin and Wentz. Right. Completely agree. And the first thing Nate Herbig does is credit Jason Kelsey. You hear everybody on along this line always talk about Kelsey and his teachings. And I agree with you. He arguably can be one of the best offensive line coaches in the league if he wanted to after his NFL career is over. But I think if if you're not going to give Carson Wentz the MVP of this team, if you're not going to give Jeff Stoutland the MVP of this team, you have to give it to Jason Kelsey. He has been the MVP for the Eagles this year. And that wraps it up for Eagles Brawl. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you soon. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean. But so what happens? That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean. But so what happens? That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers, to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.